Hey everybody, I'm Patrick Kreider, uh, owner of the Insurance Shop of Tennessee and Oddfellow Sock Company. Uh, with me today is our co-host, Brandon Wally, owner hey. of Hardville Vision Center. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's been a minute ago, I'm just trying to hide from coworkers and patients and stuff back here in the exam room. So I got you. So I can't tell you how excited I am uh, for our guest today. Um, they are the owners of Lacing Group, which is a... Keller Williams uh, team, but they have multiple real estate teams uh, uh, throughout Tennessee, but in other states as well. They are absolutely crushing it. So they make me feel really tiny because I started my insurance agency about the same time that they started their real estate team. And mine's little bitty and theirs is just blown up. So uh, they also happen to be pretty good friends of mine. So don't hold that against them. But uh We've got uh, Scott and Sarah Lason with us today. Scott and Sarah, how are y'all doing? Doing great. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Thank y'all for coming. I guess coming. I guess uh, thank you for going into a room into your house. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us in our in our room. <laughs> <laughs> this this new norm is awesome. But um, but kind of. I, just dive right into it. Um, how did y'all even get into real estate? Cause I know that, well, Scott, I think had a little bit of background in it, but Sarah, it was something probably what, 10 years ago, maybe really, um, seven years ago. Okay. Um, seven, eight years ago, we were in Atlanta. Sorry. I'm just going to kind of take it and run with yeah, it. Um, we were in Atlanta and I had an, um, agent at another brokerage who is a good friend of mine as a mentor for me reach out and ask me if I'd ever explored uh, real estate sales. My aunt um, was an incredible real estate agent, built um, several different franchises in um, Tennessee and Louisiana and Texas. So I kind of had big shoes to fill there. Um, so when John Jones approached me about getting into the business, I read Millionaire Real Estate Agent that was written by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan and came home after being in my corporate job for three years, asked Scott, for, um, basically to support me in real estate and but we also needed to sell our house and move to Nashville because it was a hot market and I wanted to um, try it on our own in Nashville and so I had that conversation with John and then you know the rest is history I mean he he typically is very um, analytical yeah. right that's fair to say yeah. uh, and I am not so um, it was one of those times that, uh, in my opinion, that was just where we were supposed to be because uh, Scott literally said, I'll support you in whatever you want to do. Let's go do it. And, and so you went and worked under another agent for a little while and then kind of broke off on your own. Is that right? Correct. So we were, Scott and I lived separately. Um, so I was in Nashville. He was in Atlanta. So I was under an, um, another agent while I was getting my license about three months okay. and um, Scott actually called me and had been working behind the scenes to develop a website um, for lead flow and lead capture. And he basically called me and said, Hey, you know, we've sold the house. I'm heading up there. It's time for us to do this on our own. That's awesome. So wow. y'all, 
y'all kind of did it a little bit similar to how I did because I don't know how I could have gone in my field without my wife having a job and having a steady income. Um, but both of y'all are in real estate now. So how long did it, how long did that dynamic work? I guess where Scott was still having his uh, day job and I guess moonlighting at night doing some, uh, computer uh, website all that uh, tech stuff yeah, yeah she's working me pretty hard you know on the side as well but um we probably did it for about a year where i was working for my i was working for a dental sales company and i did that for about a year um remotely so that they still let me keep my job uh, which was nice in nashville and i kept that for about a year and then we decided to just go you know full steam ahead and just both of us go you know partner in it and it's been pretty good ever since so. Our goal, like when you talk about having a big why for your business, so every year, obviously, you reevaluate that it, what that is and what that looks like. So ours has always been family. And I knew he had a passion for marketing and branding and building a brand. And so, I mean, our conversation right out of the gate was, what can we do to get you in out of corporate into this? And how many transactions does that look like? What GCI do we need to have? Um, so forth and so on. And so we knew that what the target was in a year. And so we hit that and then he was able to step out of corporate. I got you. And I feel like I know y'all so well, so I may be the one that's asking most of the questions right now, but. Uh, that's all right. Well, I got a quick uh, question. So like Scott, like, so you had no background in real estate at all. So he, you just kind of. He did, I, I did actually. It. Okay. Yeah, I, I I got into real estate in 2007. My dad was actually doing uh, perfect new, timing, by the way. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, time. yeah. Um, got in in 2007, working with my dad, um, selling new homes in a subdivision. We sold uh, 66 homes the first year, and then we sold six the next year. Ooh. So it was a huge drop off, and at that point, like I really didn't know how to hunt for business like we do now, um, which I. I'm very thankful for myself, my corporate sales job, because they taught me a lot of that and working through a database and everything. So I learned a lot in corporate sales um, that has transitioned over into our career now, um, which makes me feel a lot more comfortable as we go through another shift, right? So um, back then in 2008, I was not ready to handle a shift like this. I, I feel like we're a little, we've got a little bit stronger foundation now for that. Yeah. Um. So how, I, I guess this may be going a little deeper, but what do y'all think? Cause y'all expanded very quickly, I would think. And I don't know the exact numbers, but aren't most real estate agents, like the average real estate agent is what a couple of deals a year or something like that. Seven deals a year, typically. And in a seven year span, y'all gone from, essentially a scratch real estate agent to now you've got multiple teams. What do y'all think y'all have done differently? We cast a vision and stuck to the goal. I mean, everything is, you know, setting and chunking down. We're, I'm, I'm a visionary. I think you're a visionary. So looking at where we wanted to be in 10, seven, five, three, you know, and, and really having those goals set um, and, and measuring those goals. So um, knowing what we needed to do and to get the job done. And that's, I mean, we're still, 
we still do that. To, I mean, we want to know how many expansion cities we're going to be in in three to five years. We want to know, you know, what other businesses we can get into or invest in in three to five years. So we're constantly having those those goal setting conversations. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, we're not geniuses, Patrick. You know firsthand that I'm not. Um, but we we read the Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller, and we really just, I mean, we went to a T the way he describes it in the book. And that's kind of how we model our business. Um, and a lot of successful real estate agents have done the same. So there's that model that's already there and we've just basically copied it. Yeah. I think um, for any of the small businesses that are listening to this, um, you know, video podcast, I would encourage you to read the book because it's 90% mindset. So 90% mindset and then implementation. So we have to be prospecting first, marketing second, and I think a lot of times that prospecting piece typically um, falls off and everybody wants to pour money into to marketing and they, they don't want to do what it takes to reach out and bring business into it's, it's twofold. Yeah. And, and so I think it's kind of a interesting deal because I think it kind of sets what y'all said is it kind of sets the pathway or it tells you exactly kind of how to do it, but how many people, can read that or see the pathway, but never implement any of it. It's the biggest piece is having, um, you know, written accountability, accountability and, and goal setting and having someone that's going to hold you accountable to that. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of times we cast big visions. It's no different than me setting a vision or a goal to run a marathon. If I don't have anyone holding me accountable to every mile in the process, I'm more than likely to fall off and not do it. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can identify with that for sure because I don't I, I'm my own you know I don't have any partners or anything like that and so um, you know my wife says hey how's the business doing I'm like well it's it's doing good but she doesn't know the specifics you know and so I have to pay a consultant monthly to kind of hold me to the fire and make goals and keep track of my goals and things like that so it seems valuable to have your own team member you know with you twenty four seven kind of holding you accountable to that. And I think, too, you kind of spoke to the model piece. Having someone that is doing it at a higher level than you coaching you and then you coaching someone that's not at the level that you're at because you can learn from – obviously, you're going to learn from a mentor role model, but you're also going to learn when you're teaching others. Some of the mm -hmm. best leaders and educators are amazing teachers. Oh, I, like oh, I was going to say that, um, right, it, it, it is nice working together. Um, being able to hold each other accountable, um, working as a married couple has its own challenges as well. Yeah. So, um, but overall, it's been a really good thing, right? That, yes, I'm that, that you, if you can pull that quote out, it's nice working together. <laughs> add that into our family, you know, family living room. That would be great. That's going to be one of the things we cut out and is just a little five minute segment that gets plastered on Facebook. So, but it, it is interesting because I don't know that a whole lot of people, uh, married couples, could a work together. But then there's also I think there's a good dynamic between the two of y'all because I think, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think if the roles were re reversed and Scott had to do essentially the selling early on, and Sarah, you're in charge of the uh, tech uh, doing. We wouldn't have business. Yes. <laughs> but y'all. Y'all do what you do incredibly well, uh, and y'all are still married, which is amazing to me. So. Well, I think that people that 
you know, don't have a spouse in a business, I think having an accountability partner is key, but also knowing truly, you know, your strengths and weaknesses and getting clarity around that. So always hiring to your weakness. I think oftentimes we try to perfect a weakness instead of perfecting our strength. So always knowing your gaps and being vulnerable and, and you know, recognizing that allows you to understand who you need to bring into your world around your weakness. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think that's great. I'm a, I'm a really more of a people person, but I'm really not good at like numbers and insurance and that kind of stuff. And so I have an employee that is not a people person. And I really just want to hide her somewhere because she's really not very friendly, but numbers wise, like she's perfect. And so it's just like, it's, it's hard to figure that out sometimes. So let's, uh, a little bit about your business. Um, how many agents do y'all have working for you? Where all y'all, I guess, have uh, teams at? So we have seven active agents. Right now, currently, we have a marketing um, assistant, and then we also have an executive assistant, and we have some people that we contract out for um, you know a few odds and ends. So y'all got Memphis, Nashville, and then uh, like DeSoto County, right? Yeah. So actually, yeah, eight. Yep. <laughs> and then y'all are always looking to expand as well. Do y'all have goals for this year, or did uh, coronavirus just kind of kick every goal in the butt a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody had plans for this year, right? And um, it's definitely changed. Um, right now, we're kind of in the mindset, you know, we're surviving to thrive to get out on the other side of this, right? Yeah. Um, th that being said, we're still, we still have the goal to expand into Chattanooga, um, Clarksville, Tennessee, um, ultimately Atlanta, too. That's, you know, where I'm from. We have a a uh, pretty large sphere there, so it just kind of makes sense, and it's one of the hotter markets. Um, don't know if that's, that's all going to happen in the next year or two, but it, that is on the roadmap right now. It's just obviously um, a lot has changed in the last couple months. So We're reading, um, this is another great book for um, business professional shift. It does talk a lot about um, real estate, but as well as small businesses. So, and the first, the first point um, tactic in shift is get real and get right. And so really taking a deep dive into um, expenses, expense management. So you kind of said survive to thrive. That's, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, I think um, those that survived during this time uh, in real estate or I, really any business right now, if you make it through hopefully this next month or whatever it ends up being, then once you get on the other side, I think those are going to be the ones that are just – you know, they they pretty much do a big land grab and they've got a huge market share. Because right now I know real estate agents, there's a ton of them out there. Um, and But there's a ton of them that don't do anything or do very little. Um, and those people are going to be gone because they didn't have the practices and stuff in place that y'all did. Right, yeah. If the average, you know, amount of homes that an agent sells is seven a year and that gets cut in half, you can live off of seven a year, but you yeah. can't live off of half of that. So you're going to see quite a few agents leaving, just like you're going to see, you know, all these small businesses going under just because they can't sustain this right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think right now, as y'all, you all know, cash is king. So whoever was financially ready for a shift before a shift happens are the ones that are going to eat up market share on the other side because you have the liquidity to sustain, right? Yeah. Uh, 
So one thing that we're doing right now and what we're encouraging everyone to do is really do a deep dive in expenses and expense management and slash and slash fast. Um, and then when you hold that, then you're going to, you're right. The theory is you're going to eat up market share on the other side because the competition is less because a lot of people, unfortunately, had to leave the business of the industry. So this is a question probably just for myself, but okay. So y'all are doing like a lot of businesses, cutting expenses. Have y'all looked at possibly doubling down or anything on the marketing side of things or going to play it a little safer during this time? Yeah. I mean, we have not, um, we have not decreased our marketing spending at all right now. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't increased it, but we, we have, uh, we, we just purchased a new uh, CRM system, which we're, we're transferring to right now. You know, you know, I've yep. spoken about, a little bit about it and, um, it is more costly because it, it's got coaching alongside with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're putting more money into stuff like that um, where I know we're going to have a good ROI, but as far as doubling down or anything else, we're really not, we're just kind of trying to hold the, you know, hold the line right now. And Scott, I know you're good at making sure the expenses are very low. Um, she calls me cheap. I say frugal. So. <laughs> and I think you bring up a good point. I think this is a great time for everyone to look at their businesses and see what they can cut, what's you know, not necessary in your business. Because um, yeah. when the business is you know, doing extremely well, there's a lot of things that we kind of lose track of. So this gives us a great time to look at those expenses or reallocate to yeah. what we can give us a higher um, return on investment. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in that process because I've let some of the things get out of uh, control where I've, I've bought different programs that I haven't used in the past year. Well, I'm paying a monthly fee for it. Why Why do I still have this? And, you know, the past year, I probably hadn't paid that close of attention to it. But now it's just staring me in the face. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were paying 300 bucks a month for Dropbox. And yeah. It made no sense to me at all. And you so, said it's um. I mean, so we cut that, and we cut a bunch of other expenses. I think we saved like eight hundred dollars a month just going, you know, line item by line item. So I think everybody should be doing that. Right this now. is such a great time to for small businesses as well to renegotiate copier contracts, re renegotiate some of your leases. Um, you know, all all equipment. Um, right now is the time. Banks are working with people now more than ever. Obviously, you want it to be a win win for both parties. I'm not looking to rip anybody off, but. Yeah. You know, we all know that if we are we sustain this, then that's going to be a benefit to the companies as well that we're working with. So having that conversation right now is is crucial right now, not in three months from now. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Uh. So, on the real estate side of things, what is? Do y'all think y'all do things differently than the average agent? And this isn't so much. Um, your processes or building your team or anything like that, but customer experience. Do y'all think y'all do things better or different than the average agent or? I mean, I think we, if you're looking at us from, so we did 54 million in volume in real estate sales. So we do exactly what the 50 to $60 million volume agents are doing right at each level. So if you're comparing us to a new agent, then yes, we, we are going to follow up. 20 times more than a new agent is probably going to follow up because we have the leverage to do so. But especially yeah. with a team, you know, we, we see, view a team as essentially a den dentist office, right? So we have a point person doing something at every step of the process. Real estate is, you know, most often our most valuable asset. 
And there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes when you're selling real estate. And this allows us to leverage that out so that we're providing a much higher uh, level of customer service than just an individual agent. I mean, I've got, I mean, we've got a contract close person calling and following up with people. We've got an agent that's strictly doing sales, somebody strictly doing marketing, someone looking at our books. So we're not doing all of that. We have leveraged that out. And that in turn is a huge value piece for the consumer. They're getting over communication. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's awesome. Cause that's one of the, that's definitely one of the areas that I'm bad at because I'm not leveraged correctly. So I'm not, I'm wearing way too many hats, whereas your people are doing their specific tasks and doing them very well. But I think that uh, all of us go through those stages that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so at every level, in order to break through to go to the next level, we call it being entrepreneurial to purposeful. Yeah. So uh, right now, you know, when I'm a single agent, I'm very entrepreneurial, right? I'm just I'm doing all things on the fly, trying to get it done. And then when I get purposeful, then I can go to you know, the next level and it, it gets chaotic again. And then I have another breakthrough. Yeah. So, um, if you had any kind of advice for a new agent starting out, which God help them if they're starting right now, but, um, let's pretend like this is normal times. If you had any advice for an agent starting out, what, what would be that one thing that you would tell them? That up, well, I would say read the millionaire real estate agent, set your business up as a business um, have a business account and lead generate. So, you know, everybody says, Hey, I'm going to lead generate for two hours. Well, if I lead generate for four hours, where do you think I'm going to be versus somebody that's lead generating for two hours? Yeah. And we talk when a lot. Say, about, we talk what do you mean by that when you say lead generation? Like how calling, do you calling? I mean, I think anybody, even at a, you know, dentist's office, doctor's office, whatever that may look like in your business, I care calls go a long way. I care. I know that, I know that, you know, you come in and, you know, we clean your teeth, but we care about you and your family. What, what can we do for you during this time? Like businesses do not think in the in terms of, of sales, right? And they need to, because when you start caring about that, the person and truly caring, and we call them I care calls, that goes a long way. And then that creates a raving fan. And then that person tells another person and they're, I mean, you're doing something different to disrupt a market. Right. And now now's the time more than any to do that kind of thing, because now you've got more time to focus on that kind of stuff. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I know when Meredith Besna, you know, her, when she first started a brand new agent, she was actually handing out cookies in her card at Panera one day. So, I mean, she was doing everything she could to generate business. And now she's one of the top agents in the city. So. Um, yeah, as a new agent, you have to double down on lead gen because that's the only thing that matters, right? Yeah. You're, not busy, you're not busy enough to be worried about anything else, any type of paperwork or anything. You don't have any business yet, right? It yeah. should all be focused on generating business. Then you can worry about the other stuff afterwards. Yeah. So does that same advice, uh, would y'all apply that same advice to a business owner, somebody that's wanting to start their own business, kind of follow those same same steps 150 percent. it's no different than when we go and talk to somebody that's a for sale by owner you're sticking in a sign in the yard you're opening up a business and you're praying that people are going to come to you like uh, you, you have to go out and actively find people to come into your business and the best way to do it is prospecting it's free your phone is free and then you can market once you have the money to market or learn it yourself or learn it yourself like scott did uh, <laughs> yes i think a lot of small businesses don't don't take the time to lead generate 
No, I believe it. And that's what, I I mean, again, I'm on the outside looking in, but from the real estate world, I I feel like there's plenty of people that start in real estate and they just think it's okay. Now I have my real estate license. Everybody just come to me, come let me sell your house. Uh, That was me in 2007. Like I had that mentality, right? And I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know then. So, yeah. Um, I think too, it's important right now to serve kind of what you all are doing as a connector. So, you know, finding out what somebody needs and who do I know that can help this person? I don't need to be an expert in all things. I need to know all the experts and then I can connect them and help them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brandon, you got anything else? I I think they've done an awesome job. No, I really, I think that's great what you said about that lead generation because I mean, I see an advertisement every day for a real estate agent, just their picture on a sign somewhere. I'm like, well, I don't know that person. Why would I call them? But if I remember, hey, that's the lady that gave me a cookie outside Panera Breads. And, you know, just that little thing goes a long way. They start to recognize you as a person and, and a brand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all in a relationship business as small business owners. So we, I think a lot of times we try to get away from the relationship. However, if we're the only ones getting into you know, the relationship with people and nobody else is doing it, it's a, a winning model. Awesome. Well, that's all I got. Y'all, y'all crushed it. I, I think there's a lot of uh, good nuggets in there. Um, hopefully there's some up-and-coming real estate agents that hear it that maybe get a little kick in the butt, but even small business owners like me that probably need a little kick in the butt too. Uh, I think I think you got some good nuggets there. And then, uh, Sarah, we're going to probably try to hire you out so you can just start uh, coaching uh, small businesses <laughs> on how to uh, get their act together. I'm happy to help. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thank you. Thank you. See y'all. Bye. Bye.